Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon are here on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller, we're going to talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Appreciate you spending some of that period of time with us. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list today, uh, Scott Dockerman, by the way, normally would kick off the guest list for the week, but he is on a well-deserved vacation. We'll pick up with Doc next week, but David Eicholt was in Orlando. Uh, He was a carver last night. Uh, We will speak with uh, David Eicholt, part of the 24-7 Sports Network, coming up here at about 10.30. We are going to mine that resource uh, at 11.35 when Nick Olson will join us. He covers Iowa State. He's the new guy on the beat. And started with a big splash with the Mike Rose. He broke the story that he would not play uh, in uh, the bowl game. But uh, we will hear from Nick Olson for the first time on Iowa State. Get him at about 11.35. And in between that, Bama, Bob, Trent, and I will kind of recap all of that college football that we've seen uh, since we were last on the air. Trent, I've just got to think it on the way in from mm-hmm. December 23rd until today. We worked three days. That's not too bad. Good, <laughs> it's, it's much appreciated. Yes, it is. Uh, but it, time to get uh, time to get back to work, and, and grateful to have this uh, uh, opportunity here uh, with you for the next couple of hours. So many were so many games to recap. Um, we've got an Iowa Bowl game. We've got an Iowa State one versus eight basketball game. We've got uh, Carver last night, a big win for those Hawkeyes over the Terps. More of an entertaining game than it looked like it was going to be early in yes. the game. Oh, my gosh, it's going to be ugly. Uh, but uh, Danny Manning got uh, his team turned around. They took the league, but in the end, the Hawks prevailed. And, boy, they needed that one. Yes, they did. We've talked about the schedule, the way that it sets up. At the end of the season, already the 0-2 start. So important to get games like that. Thursday, you go on the road against the Wisconsin team. Mm-hmm. just pulled off one of the biggest Ooh. wins of the season. Johnny Davis, any good? Oh, man. You think Keegan's on his way to Big Ten Player of the Year. Somebody's got something to say, and you're going to see him Thursday at the Kohl Center. But yeah, that victory is just so important. These games, you got to stack them up. The way the Big Ten is, it's not, I don't think, as good as we anticipated it was going to be coming into the season. Uh, Top to bottom, there's some bottom teams as seemingly every year in the Big Ten. Well, I thought Purdue might be unbeatable. Yeah, they looked that way Uh the first couple of weeks of the season, and they've regressed and they've come back, and their defense has their own set of issues. Wisconsin better than anticipated, but Michigan's got problems. Michigan mm-hmm. State has struggled against Northwestern the other day. It's just on and on and on. Not quite as good. So that means that got to get to at least 10, maybe 11 wins in the Big Ten. you got to stack these things up. You can't lose a game like that. And they found a way to get it done last night. No, it was good to see uh, Keegan Murray was Keegan Murray. Uh, Bracha was good. Yes, he was. Uh, that that maybe is uh, not at the free throw line late again. No, I know. Jeez. And Bohannon missed one of the yes. free throw line, which would have clinched it. It would have clinched it, but you know he got another opportunity and made them both. But uh, yeah, uncharacteristic for him to miss. I don't know where do you want to start. I mean, I don't think we're going to have any time for the NFL today. Yeah, probably not. Um, let's let's do the Hawks bowl game. Yes, that's a good place to start. Football King football it right it is as king like football absolutely king football but i do in the first segment i want to get to baylor and iowa state mm-hmm. because we won't get back to iowa state till 11 uh, 30 here this morning but the bowl game itself trent it was it was a kind of in a nutshell right mm-hmm. iowa season 
it was the court. What there were some certainly some highlights. I mean, the Williams boys. Yes, you know what? They got future, something there. The future looks pretty bright at that position. Linderbaum going out the way, you thinking, "Oh my God, you've got to be kidding me!" Goes into the tenth, but comes out, which was good. Yes, which is really good. Going, um, not going forward on fourth and I don't know, was it two? It wasn't a yard, a foot and a half. Yeah, wasting a timeout to do so. Game on the line. Mm-hmm. You make a foot and a half. And I get it, in the recency part of Ference's brain was going for on it and the fumble, you know, when apparently uh, the uh, nose, guy, uh, nose tackle or defensive tackle jumped for Kentucky, pushing Linderbaum back into Petrus, the chain reaction, the fumble, etc., uh, and they didn't get it. So did that play a factor ultimately in the decision? But, man, I get it. It's certainly easy to, you know, when we know how it worked out to go back on that. But at the time, I was screaming at my TV. Sack up, go for it, get a yard, and the football game. It's an exhibition game. Exactly. That's the time with it, too. You're not playing for a division championship. You're not playing for a Big Ten title. It's an exhibition game. Go out there, be aggressive, and be what you want to be as a program. And this is what's becoming more and more infuriating about this offense in general is these third and fourth and ones. And the play you mentioned where Linderbaum goes out, they hustle the line. Mm -hmm. Kentucky's already in a base run defense. And you hustle up there to run a play. Linderbaum gets blown up, and you get tackled for a loss on that play. It just it continually happens where Iowa, a physical team, an offensive line yes. team, a team built with the run, and they can't get a yard. And that's scheme. That's a problem with scheme. When you continually have these issues, this is a scheme problem. And these are the things that we continue to talk about with Brian Ferentz in this offense, who mm-hmm. I thought played a called a good game, especially yep. in the second half. Yep. This was one of his better moments. And even with that. They put 17 on the board. Yeah, yeah that's it. Right? 17. And they right. can't, in two big spots, pick up a yard when they need it. That is schematics. That is something that is wrong with this Iowa offense. And you can look at the numbers and their future, mm-hmm. and they were bad again this season. But it comes down to what are they trying to be? We were, I believe, off. Or we didn't, I know we didn't talk about it when Brian talked to the media down there. And he was basically asking about his offensive philosophy. And it was embarrassing. He couldn't explain it. It was filibustering. It was saying a lot without saying anything because he couldn't explain ultimately what they're trying to do. They can they talk about complementary football all the time, right? We, yeah. we want to play complementary football. football. No. You're letting the defense down. Absolutely. You have an elite level defense, uh-huh. elite special teams year after year after year, and you have an awful offense. Something needs to change. Something probably will not change and will not be with the coordinator, but what they're doing is not good enough to get Iowa to that next step. It just isn't. No, I, I appreciate the choir. I, I couldn't agree with you more. There certainly were some, uh, a lot of low mo- moments, a lot of, a lot of really good high. I mean, Sam Laporta, Trent, mm-hmm. I think what he did in that game, I think he's now legitimately got a decision on his future because look, look, we, we know the story of Iowa tight ends. Mm-hmm. Laporta's the latest and he looked the part. Yes. He looked the part in that bowl game. He helped himself significantly and his quarterback found him. Um, he didn't find Regani in that wide open. No. I mean, my God, you've got to make that throw. And Spencer Petrus, we had this conversation last year. There's going to be a there's going to be an open competition. Mm-hmm. There's no way that they're going to just go into the year by handing him the job. Well, that's exactly what they did. Now here we are again, and look at Spencer Petrus. Seems like a really good guy. There's a lot of really good guys. Yeah. And you don't get to play quarterback if you're a really good guy. Mm-hmm. You have to show that you deserve the position. And 
good guy or bad guy. <laughs> you want the right guy, and I'm not sure that they have him. In fact, I'm pretty sure that they don't. Uh, it might be a good backup. I don't know if the quarterback is on campus right now that's going to lead them onto the field when they play. Where do they start? South Dakota State? South Dakota State. Uh, when they start with South Dakota State. I, I mean, How do you assuage the fan base if it's Spencer Petras? I don't think you can. You can't. This has a lot of feelings of 2014. 2014, the negativity at the end of the season, how ugly it got after Mm -hmm. that loss to Nebraska. Now, the bowl game was brutal when they got throttled by Tennessee at the Hawkslayer Bowl, as it was was dubbed. It's not at that level, but the quarterback part of it is even bigger. Now, there's not a guy like C.J. Beathard that you saw glimpses of. Alex Pitti is not that guy. No, no. It, Alex Pitti, I don't think, starts school when they go back to school here in a couple of weeks. Right. I, I think you're exactly right no. on that. He Maybe back home, Colorado no. State, where his dad went, would make a whole lot of sense. Is that quarterback on campus? Is it a freshman? And, and if he is, will he get the opportunity? Right. And Joey Labus. Is it Labus versus Petrus going into the spring? I think it has to be. But that's it. <laughs> you're, Caleb Williams is not coming to Iowa. No. These high-level quarterbacks that we're talking about. You know, if USC gets Caleb Williams. Oh, Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart's not coming to Iowa. You have to look down. But there's plenty of good quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Look at the Rose Bowl. And look at Cam Rising, what that dude did. Mm -hmm. Guy that was a backup. Yep. Charlie Brewer was going to be the guy. It was the guy. Was the guy to start. At the beginning of the season. But Rising was still named captain. He was. So his team knew, boy, boy, he played. That, That game, Trent, my gosh, that was entertaining. So awesome. But there's guys out there. There are guys out there that are better than Spencer Peaches. Sure. We now have two full seasons to see he's not good enough. He's not mm-hmm. good enough to elevate again this program mm-hmm. and get this offense to even an adequate level, mm-hmm. even Ken O'Keefe level. Yeah, Ken O'Keefe, his offenses were a lot better than what we saw, certainly in the Greg Davis era and during the Brian Ferentz era. Just to get back to that level, with what they've been able to build defensively, you have something that can compete at high levels. In your four games here, though, that's the frustrating avenue. Yeah, you won 10 games. You also lost four. Yeah. And in those four games, there were offensive issues in a big-time way mm-hmm. that came up here. Spencer Petras, nice guy or not, he's not good enough to lead right. this Iowa team to that final step. He's just not. So what do they do? And, and what will they do? I think he's still the quarterback I next year. I think he is, too. I hate to say it. We can say all these things, and I we can know. go through these platitudes, but ultimately, he's going to trot out there game one against the Jackrabbits. He's yeah. going to be the guy, and it's going to be ugly. I, I really think that this fan base as a whole, they're over the Spencer mm-hmm. Peters experience. Mm-hmm. They are ready to move on. For better or worse, they have seen yep. enough. Yeah, this guy, was the year, Trent. This this was his year. <laughs> this was his gimme, if you will. No more excuses. None. Right. COVID um, year, short off season. Precise. Didn't get his last two games. All right, you're we've got you. We're gonna line up behind you. You're our guy. And I think for the most part. The fans were okay with the with the Ferris decision to begin the year. Mm-hmm. Now there was something very vocal. You weren't, um, you weren't buying in, but he got the year to prove it, right? And he didn't. Right? How can you do it again? How can you? How can you roll this back? You can't. You know, he uh, Chad Leistikow had a good article, kind of talking about the future, and saw those quotes from Petrus talking about it's been tough and tugging at the heartstrings yeah, a little bit. It. It's going to happen. You're a Big Ten quarterback. Mm -hmm. There's going to be negativity surrounding it. But he also talked about losing some weight, You know, trying to get more athletic. 
that doesn't matter. No. He has no pocket presence. Yeah. It doesn't matter if he... If he's 10 pounds lighter, that ball's not going into a wide-open Nico Reganey's arms. Yes. The throws that he can make, those tight window throws, yes, he has the arm, but he does not have the requisite athleticism mm-hmm. to move around in the pocket, to make a couple of plays, and just even take the athleticism. Say he gets a ticket more athletic, whatever it is. Two-tenths of a second's off his 40. That doesn't matter because his pocket presence is terrible. That doesn't change. Those do not change. The game did not slow down for him now two years as a right. starting quarterback. Right. As two years as a starting quarterback, that light bulb's not going to suddenly just come on. It just doesn't happen like that. You've seen it too often. This is what he is. And statistically, he's one of the worst starting quarterbacks in college football now the last two years. Mm. I don't want more. what more can be said about that. Defensively, I mean, Van Valkenburg was out of his <laughs> mind. Uh, boy, he had a game. I know the Kentucky offensive line was banged up, but that yeah. defensive line as a whole. Van Ness, that yes. dude, he's... Right. And what was he this summer? He was like 255. Right. And he's up to, I think I saw towards the end of the season, he said he was up to like 270 at that point. If that dude can put on another mm-hmm. 15, 20 pounds with his athleticism and his speed inside, oh. look out. I'm with you. No, Shannon played well. Mm-hmm. Logan Lee played well. Uh, we knew the linebackers, it goes without saying, right. they're going to play well. They do each and every Saturday. I'm excited about the future of Deontay Craig. I think they got Should something be. there. Yep. Yep. A, a guy coming off yep. the edge. They got some speed there. The yep. linebackers look set. Mm-hmm. Even with the departures of a guy like Kerner, you're excited about yep. the future. Of course, Xavier Wampa coming in is going to help out with that. Joe Evans had a game. Joe Evans had a just Defensively, you don't worry. Right. It's Phil Parker. Right. He's going to figure it out. And what did Kentucky do? They marched right down the field, and then... Oh. It was, well, until the final drive of the game. Oh, man. Really shut down. It just, go, you're going to be fine. Go for it. Pick up a foot. Go pick up a foot and you're getting the trophy. You're coming home with that extra win. <clears throat> you're, oh, my gosh. It's just, it's it's frustrating. It, it was all there. 11-3 and three looks a whole lot better than 10-4. and four. It's mm-hmm. a nice year. You would have signed for 10 wins. I'm, I'm confident if this poll would have been out <laughs> that 80% of you would have signed for 10 wins. But it doesn't feel like you won 10 games. And the bad taste that we're left with, pick up a foot. We think about the offseason, or going into the offseason entirely different. At least I do. Another win against an SEC team. Right. You put that on the mantle. You beat mm-hmm. the alum and Mark Stoops. You get all these things. Yes. It's positive momentum going into the offseason and again you're scared to go for it trying to get a yard iowa football the bullies of the big 10 as they were yes. dubbed in the early ferentz era and you can't pick up half a and yard. i don't care if it was linderbaum and it wasn't at the time when they were when they were decided to punt the football shooter had slide uh, slid over from left guard at that point you know what? He had a game too. Did you see him when he was running down? Yes, the field? yeah. <laughs> those those dudes. Uh, that uh, was who, that was on Laporta's touchdown. I think wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I think it was on the screenplay. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that was that was fun to watch those two big guys running down the field and laying blocks thirty yards down the field, making plays like that. But be good to see him come back for another year. He's got a decision. He's got a COVID year yeah. if he wants to come back. Mm-hmm. Some people speculate probably not. Maybe Is ready just right? to go back to the farm and yeah. and get his career started on that side of things. But regardless, he's been a, a fun player. What a find that guy who turned into certainly their best guard the last yeah. few years. Trent, he's he has been. To go along with Linderbaum. they got to figure out tackle. Uh, there's a grad transfer I saw that they're involved with. He made Iowa made his final yeah, five. From a... Um, Cornell, I think? I think it was so an Ivy too. League school. Yeah, I think it is an Ivy League school. It was Virginia Tech, Penn State, Iowa, Illinois, and... I don't remember. They, they, other, they yeah. had the helmets at the bottom of yep. the announcement that he was coming. But, the, but they need help at tackle. They do. You know, there's talk... 
Connor Colby ultimately is going to be there. Mm-hmm. David Davikoff, who was the Colby highly... didn't start, right? Right. Uh, David Davikoff, who is the most highly regarded offensive lineman coming in this year, banged up with injuries all throughout fall camp. Mm-hmm. There's hope that he's going to be guy. I mean, this dude had Ohio State and Michigan offers. This is a big-time prospect that if he's healthy this year, he could be a guy, but I think he got to tap into that portal. And look at two of their top players. I mean, Volkenberg, who you mentioned, mm-hmm. transfer. Yep. Charlie Jones, difference mm-hmm. maker in special teams, yep. transfer. Yep. Continue to tap into the market. It is there for a reason. Yeah, and one in particular, one position in particular. The Laporta decision, I'm anxious to see what he does. He's got a choice. He does. I mean, fourth, fifth rounder, something like that, probably, more than likely, mm-hmm. depending on what he runs and all those different things. But you get the clock started. Yeah. And you get going and maybe get that second contract that comes along with uh-huh. it. It's a different era. As we're learning in college football, no, it is. It's it's different, no doubt about it. Look, you can't. I, I just think as you look at this as a football fan, what, what what we saw in the bowl games, would the playoff prevent some of the opt outs? I want to believe that it would, mm-hmm. but uh, on the other hand, I'm not certain that it would. Um, Matt Corral plays, gets hurt. What's this going to do? You know what? If he decides to play, root the, root for him like hell. Or if you're if you're on that team, mm-hmm. but if he doesn't respect the decision, and I think we've grown from that. Remember where it was just a couple of years ago with Noah Fant. Yes, pissed pissed off compared to the conversations now today. Yep. It's different. Mm-hmm. Tyler Goodson, did you see that kind of vitriol? No, not, not absolutely even not. He also saw two running backs. I thought yeah. played better right. than Tyler Goodson. And boy, you got to be ecstatic to those two kids. Yeah. My gosh, which one do you think's got a higher ceiling? <sighs> right now, I might buy stock in Lashawn Williams. He's right. got more breakaway speed, maybe. Trent, he's Those good. Two are, and they complement each other, yes. I think, so well. You got that speeder guy in LaShawn. You got the pounded in between uh-huh. the tackles guy in Gavin who can get fall forward and get those extra ones. But both those guys, the physicality that mm-hmm. they played with, too. And there were no second and twelfths, which was a big problem for Iowa. Offensive line got better as the year went on, no doubt. But the running back, having guys that were taking it, taking that first cut and just going. And if there's a guy there, we're going to go through him. That was different than what we saw out of Tyler Goodson really all season long. Yeah, he seemed to hesitate, dance a little bit at the mm-hmm. line. With, uh, watching those two kids, there didn't seem to be uh, any of that this past week. Let's uh, let's uh, quickly um, spend a few minutes here with, with Baylor and Iowa State. Really entertaining basketball game, right? Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't sure uh, how Cyclone Nation was going to get to the game to begin with. That was Snowmageddon Day. Right. Uh, look, Baylor's really good. They're the defending national champs. I get it. It sound like Captain Obvious there. But this team really, I'm not so sure they've taken a step back, which is incredibly hard to do when you look at the the losses from that team. But it's the guys coming back and Akinjo coming in. Uh, he's a terrific player. Akinjo is awesome. He's great. And Thamba um, was, was, was terrific. Here's the thing with Iowa State. Trent, they're in this game. Yes. They're in this game. If they can make a shot, and I'm not sure they can, I really mean this now. I mean, I don't know well, if they could only find a shooter. Well, it's January the 4th. You just don't find shooters on your bench. By this point, you should know if there is one there. There's some bright spots. Defensively, it's been the calling card all year. Mm-hmm. Man, Gabe Kelsher just, you know, he missed those back-to-back. He missed a three. The ball was rebounding. Passed back out to him. Wide open for another three brick. Never shot the ball again. 
confidence is gone. Completely shot. Yep. Where? What has happened from his freshman year? I'm telling you, that was an anomaly. I, I believe you now. I, I tried to tell you at the time. You did. He's, you, he's, you told me this last year when there wasn't even Iowa State wasn't even on his radar. I remember us talking about him during his freshman season in Minnesota. He was not a good shooter in high school, and it was the anomaly. That's just yes, that's what the difference was. That freshman year, he shot it better than he ever has in his career going back to high school. Mm-hmm. He's a great turnovers, defender. though, Trent. Stepping yeah. out of bounds. And, I mean, he's a great... You have to have him on the floor. I love mm-hmm. his game. I, I, I sound like I'm knocking the heck out of it. I love his game. He has to play because of the defense. But just make a shot. He's got to be able to do that. I don't know where it's going to come from. I mean, Caleb Grill every now and then fills it up, mm-hmm. and we get the you know the, the gifts with the grill heating up. And but Brackington didn't even fire up a three. No, no. Hunter was zero for three. Yes, you got to have Hunter hit at least one mm-hmm. a game, probably two a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need Grill off the bench, either Grill or Koontz, one of those two. And, and Koontz wasn't right. And well, that's what happens when you're one of one of fourteen. Right. <laughs> it's gonna all add up very quickly. Still, the way this team defends, they're gonna be in every yeah. game, yeah. and and they might have found something here in Aruna. That dude's light bulb is coming. Uh-huh. He is t- taking a big step forward here the last couple of weeks. He's so athletic. Since right before Christmas, seemingly. So smart around the rim, knows how to use that athleticism. Again, not a guy that's going to score from the outside, but you get another component inside because George Conant, he's not a scorer. You know, he's got limitations. You're yeah. right. Yep. But with Enaruna, now you have a guy that can score mm-hmm. in the post at times. Yep. And you put those things together, maybe that's what does open things up a little bit more outside. And that guy, where you have a guy closing out, you got that extra tenth of a second to get a shot off and you get a little bit cleaner look and it helps those shooters from the outside that need a lot about it, a lot of help, certainly, to make it happen. You walk away, though. Baylor, they had an answer every single time. That's just it, Trent. Even if it was late in the shot clock, the, the Iowa State has defended their you know what's off. Baylor gets a look, cans it. <laughs> Right, buries it. Pull up sixteen foot. Yeah, good. Just, <laughs> just couldn't get time. over that. And I give the credit, the fan base credit. I mean, they tried. Mm-hmm. Right, they, they did. Hilton was Hilton. Frischel is in the house. They did everything that they possibly could, but they just couldn't buy a bucket to save their life. Hell of an entertaining game, mm-hmm. really and truly was. It was a really fun game to watch. Even though I knew the outcome because a lot of it was on tape because there was a lot of football being played. Same. It was an entertaining game, and I hate watching them that way. So many people say there's no such thing as moral victories, right? Uh-huh. When you're 2-22 and the previous year, yeah, yeah, you can have moral victories. You know what it did to me as much as anything? And, and uh, it, it showed me that, A, the non-con was not a fluke in any way. Mm-hmm. And B, I'll just wait till they get to the Big 12. It's going to mm-hmm. be a different story. Okay, I could maybe buy that to an extent. Not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. They're going to win some games. They're going to win games. They're going to the tournament. They need this one tomorrow night, though. I agree with you. In it's a, a big, big time spot. Win. Because the pollsters who who vote for your top 25, they saw the loss. Mm-hmm. They didn't downgrade you. Not much. Not much. Where'd they fall? From 8 to 11? 8 to 11, yeah. That's not bad. No. Says a lot. Says a ton. I mean, they went toe to toe with the Baylor Bears, and if a woulda, shoulda, they make a shot. Who knows? Oklahoma on Saturday after the Texas Tech game mm-hmm. on the road, and don't they run right back with Texas Tech? Uh, a little bit later. They Is have it? Kansas after that on the road. Yeah. So back to back road games, home for Texas, who's playing really well, yeah. and then that Texas Tech game again shows you the importance of that one tomorrow night because this thing can go south very quickly. Yeah, and if that happens, all of a sudden. Some of the murmurs are going to start here. 
I feel good about their chances tomorrow against Texas Tech I at do home. Too. They're going to be fired up. They're going to mm-hmm. be ready to go. But the importance of that one, just because of the way the schedule lays out, got to find a way at minimum to get one of these next two. Yes, I agree with you. Um, and may, maybe both of them. You know, if you're getting greedy, maybe both of them. But uh, that's what it proved to me. It proved to me that uh, this team is going to, I think, uh, give us some um, and their fan base some memorable nights and make it really easy to talk about Iowa State, which clearly wasn't the case last year. Uh, both basketball teams, as I crack uh, Shelby Mast, our bracketologist, our buddy Shelby Mast, bracketwag.com. Uh, Shelby is uh, going to join us here in the next couple of weeks, but he has Iowa State a three uh, as of this morning and Iowa in as well, which how about that? Wouldn't that be great? Didn't think that back in November. Nor did I. Nor did I. Uh, Let's get Ray in here. He's been very patient as we go around sports. He wants to talk about another sport from a crazy week. Now, did you see any of the Winter Classic? I did. I watched a a little bit of it. I did, too. That was flipping over during the Rose Bowl. Yeah, it was... um, it was as advertised. It was Ray. How are you? I knew you're a hockey fan. Good to hear from you, Ray. Um, I'm guessing that yeah, you enjoyed a... that. Oh, I watched it from uh, the opening bell to the last Did bell. You? I loved it, and I got to give credit to the Wild. Yeah, me the too. People of Minneapolis yep. they put on a heck of a show. No, they really did. And you know what they did yesterday that I thought was really cool too. They uh, they haven't taken the ice out, and they invited twins, season ticket holders, to come on down and and skate a target. That's pretty cool. Nice. Absolutely. Uh, I was watching the game with my wife, and she's a hardcore hockey fan. Yeah. And she goes, is this the regular announcer? I go, no, Doc Lemmer's retired. Yeah. And she made me belly laugh. She goes, she used the line from the movie The Waterboy. Oh, no, the announcer is stuck again. <laughs> yeah, I miss Doc Emmerich, Ray. I mean, what what a career that he had. Uh, no, uh, Kenny Albert's okay. I thought that they should have gone with uh, John uh, Fort. I can't think of his last name, but regardless, entertaining game, fun to see, um, and I think the crowd got their money's worth. Right? Have you ever interviewed Doc Lemmerich? No, never have. I never have. Would love to. That'd be a great. But probably, yeah. yep. Ray, good to hear from you. Uh, Happy New Year, Ray. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yep, good to talk to you. Yeah, it was a fun game. My buddy uh, that I've told you lives up in the city has stayed with at the Final Four. Yeah. He had tickets. He was at the game. Did he stay till the bitter end? He did. said it was wow. freezing, but uh, had a great time. He's getting that cold weather now in, a, in his bones. So oh. he was able to get layered up and make his way there to the game. said it was a great experience. I bet and it was. It just It's so wild watching that in the night environment. Mm-hmm. So different than what we're kind of used to, though. Yep. There's been other games that have been at night. Used to that game at noon. Sure. And seeing it under the lights, just how cool it was. What an experience that had to be. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, Minneapolis, and as Ray mentioned, the Wild, uh, tip of the cap to you. They, mm-hmm. they they certainly did it right. And our friend Joe O'Donnell got to call the game on radio, and I'm guessing that uh, that had to be one of the highlights so far of his career. We'll take our first time out. We'll get into Iowa. We'll recap the bowl game and last night's win over Maryland as the Hawks put one in the win column in Big Ten play, beating uh, the Terps last night. Uh, we will do that on the other side. We take you until noon. Bama Bob, Trent, and I are going to kind of not go over every game, but just some of the highlights from the bowl season um, at about 11.05. Quick preview, an early preview of Georgia and Bama. Do you have an opinion? Not yet. Don't you? I have futures, though, with Georgia. Do you? Got them before the season at 7-1. to one. Did you really? Good for you. I got 25 bucks on it, so it pays 200 Yeah. A pretty easy hedge, right? I don't know you have to. Yeah, I think I think George is going to get them. Well, the ones you've had the most opinion on here, bowl <laughs> season has not been pretty. So I love North Carolina. Whoops. <laughs> um, 
Michigan's going to give Georgia all they want, Trent. Not even close. No. Um, Old Miss. I was I'm with you on that you, one. Baylor is in for a shock. Matt Corral clubbed. And my biggest play was Utah on the money line. On the money. Didn't grab the didn't points. Didn't grab the points. Didn't grab. Didn't need them. Don't need them. You needed them. Boy, that was a good game, though. <laughs> you know, even though I got. Give me another one of those. Yeah, I went down in flames. Ah, it's just one of those games, mm-hmm. right? Just one of those games. My gosh. What a fun, fun. Oh, I'm going to miss it. going to oh. miss it. The walk-on pig farmer from Utah, too. Jesus. Coming in there and just throwing a dime. I know it. Just incredible. Almost 10.30. A little bit late. David Eicholt next on the Hawks. Recap the bowl first, then last night. Miller and Condon with you until noon. Ron Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. From N.com. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Condon, welcome back. About 25 minutes before the hour of 11 o'clock, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We take you here until noon. 24-7 sports. Boy, we are going to impose on them today, are we not? We're going to do the Hawks now, then Nick Olson, the newcomer uh, that covers Iowa State. Uh, He'll join us at about about an hour from now. But right now, David Eichel back from Florida. He was at Carver last night. And away we go. Uh, David, Trent, and Ken, Happy New Year, David Eicholt. How are you? Hey, guys. Good to be chopping it up with you. Appreciate you having me back on. Uh, yeah, definitely I regret leaving Florida when I looked at the radar and uh, went from 85 to uh, 1 degree in, in about six-hour span. So, uh, but, you know, we're back, and uh, it's all good. Absolutely. Hey, before we get into what you saw in Orlando and, uh, and then yesterday, did you have travel trouble? I know a lot of folks did. Did you have any, uh, with all the cancellations, did you make it unscathed? You know, I thought I had just some really bad turbulence and stuff when I was flying, but based on what I'm hearing from other reporters, I mean, I know Kenny got into some interesting scenarios, uh, some other reporters, too. Uh, I think I came out pretty unscathed for Good the most stuff. part, definitely compared to some of my colleagues, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. Well, let, let's go let's, uh, talk about the game itself. And, man, I think that, um, I mean, I can't get past fourth and a foot and deciding to punt the football after you take a timeout. I get Linderbaum wasn't in at that particular moment, but the game is on the line, as Trent reminded us. At the It's an exhibition game. You know what? Line up. You're a Big Ten offensive line. Go get a foot. Win the football game. I can't get past that. Uh, there were some bright spots. There were some, you know, some Iowa football on display, but that was one of those ones that's going to, I think, linger into the offseason. Go for it, for crying out loud. Your thoughts? I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I think you look at the way Iowa was running the football. I think they were averaging about six and a half yards a carry at that time. And on top of that, too, Kentucky only ended the game with two tackles for loss, and they needed a foot. I know, Like you said, I know Tyler Linderbaum wasn't in there, but you have Kyler Schott, who has been around the block. It's not like you're throwing in a freshman center. It's a guy who's played a lot of good football for you. Uh, you have Gavin Williams, who I was incredibly impressed with, yep. LaShawn Williams as well. But, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't sure Gavin could be a number one back. But after what I watched in that bowl game, I'm, I'm convinced he has a shot to be that number one uh, heavy bulk kind of player. But I- I'm with you. And on top of that, too, I get what happened earlier in the game with the quarterback sneak. Yep. I know Peter said that the ball was hit or there was some weird play that happened, which is why they botched it. We look at the way traditionally Iowa has gotten the ball 
uh, in quarterback sneak situations. I mean, hand it to Potterbaum. I mean, I think there's about a half dozen <laughs> scenarios you can do. And on top of that, you know, for as great as Phil Parker's defense is, guys, they've really struggled this year to contain star wide receivers. I mean, you look at what David Bell did. And Wandale Robinson is absolutely ridiculous. I think people watched him when he was at Nebraska and said, you know, that's a heck of a player, but he might not be being utilized correctly. Well, well, Mark Stoops solved that problem. Um, so, you know, I, I'm with you. I'm very curious how this affects Kirk Ferentz's decisions in the future because he always talks about, you know, having nightmares over scenarios that go on in his mind, whether or not he goes for these type of things. Well, he just added another nightmare to that list yep. because I do think if they go for it, I think without a doubt they get it. Get the first down, get the victory, and a lot better feelings going into the off season. It's a four-loss season. Yes, it's a 10-win season, but all four of these losses, frustrating moments. More than anything, the offense was not able to come up with either a single yard or enough plays to win these football games. Retooling the offseason. Nobody anticipates Brian Ferentz is going to be let go or he's going to be off moving on to another job. So, what in your mind needs to be done to improve this offense? Make it at minimum adequate, average. That's, I think, a minimum bear with an elite-level defense, yep. good special teams. Just become okay. What needs to be done to make that happen? I think there's a couple things that, that Iowa can do. I mean, number one, look. I mean, I think you guys are all – I think everybody's with me when I say this. they got to look at a transfer portal sure. for a quarterback. Yep. With, with all, And here's why I think people need to separate when they go on social media and they rage out at Spencer Petras and the Iowa offense. Make sure that the criticism is about the on-the-field stuff, not off-the-field stuff. Oh, he, he's, he's horrible. No, he played bad. He's not a horrible person. And I think a lot of times that stuff gets intersected and people kind of forget that. I mean, from every account, Spencer Petras has been a really stand-up mm-hmm. uh, football player for Iowa. I was very impressed with him being the first guy out of the locker room to meet with the media after the game because you know he didn't want to talk to us. I didn't realize uh, he that, was that, first. That's really good info. He was the first one to talk, come talk to you guys, huh? Yeah, that's so right. I got a lot of respect yeah, for that. Yeah, me too. Uh, very, very transparent with that. Uh, I think Iowa's going to look in the portal. Uh, I have a hard time seeing Alex Padilla on the roster in a couple, maybe by next week, and yeah. that's not anything I'm hearing. I think that's just pure speculation based on, you know, he's got some tape now. He could go play somewhere else and probably get a starting job not handed to him, but a much better jo- uh, chance at a starting job. I think that there needs to be some route trees fixed in the wide receiver room. Um, I, I think that can go a long way. And I will give, I think people need to give Brian Ferentz this amount, amount of credit. The tight end screen, I thought, was a phenomenal play call in the second half, which got them a touchdown. I think Iowa going from the outside zone back to the inside zone later in the season, I think that was a huge key in propelling and pushing that rushing offense forward. And when Tyler Linderbaum, who everybody expects to go pro, and I'm very happy that he came back in the game because I was scared for him. I mean, especially after we saw what happened with Matt Corral. Um, in the bowl game as well. Um, I think the Iowa O-line is going to be better. I think the D-line is going to be better. I think the secondary still has a chance to be very good. Like, there's a lot of really good pieces to this team, but Iowa, without a doubt, they have to they have to retool some stuff on offense. you got to add a running quarterback element to at least some degree, uh, maybe some more bootlegs, some, go back to the old-fashioned play-action deep shots. And I think that's been the biggest thing missing uh, for Iowa the past two years. They don't give the receivers one-on-one opportunities to go downfield, and they don't utilize the play action like mm-hmm. they used to. Um, and I think that's been the biggest thing I've seen that has really held this offense back. Uh, David Eicholt is our guest. David, have you spoken with Sam Laporta uh, at all regarding what his future plans are? Because 
after the uh, after the bowl game, I I got to think he's got a difficult decision to make. He's an Iowa tight end, which certainly doesn't hurt his stock one bit. And he has shown he's carried this offense uh, a lot uh, throughout throughout this season. What do you? What's your sense about Sam Laporta? Will he kick the tires on the NFL, or is he no doubt about it? No, he's coming back for his senior season. I think he's going to kick the tires, and I think that's what he should do after the 122-yard performance he had in the Citrus Bowl against Kentucky. I think that there's a lot of upside to him. I think his blockings continue to get better. I think that he is a big play kind of guy, but I also think if he did come back, I think he can improve his stock. I think if he comes back next year, I think he can go maybe third round next the following draft because you got to think about this year as well. I mean, how many times do we see uh, – I mean, he had some drop issues early in the year, which I don't think people really remember because of some stand-up performances he had late. He's a vertical threat. I think his route running needs to improve a little bit. I think he can put on even a little bit more muscle. But the drop issue is something that's going to, I think, scare away NFL teams. And if you go to the advisory committee, uh, I'd be very curious to see what his grades are. But based on who I've talked to scouts and stuff, I think Laporta has an, an absolutely massive opportunity if he comes back. And I'm talking go from fifth, sixth-round guy to potential third-round guy. and guy, Guys, that's a lot of money that's left huge. on the table. Yeah. I think it'd be worth rolling the dice for sure. Speaking of uh, guys that have a decision to make, another one over at the linebacker spot in Jack Campbell. Any uh, thoughts uh, of him one way or the other that he's leaning? You know, I, I'd be based on who I've talked to at this time, I'd be shocked if he went to the NFL this year. Okay. I think that he, he strikes me as a very four-year Iowa guy. He, you know, he's an in-state kid. I think, again, there's an extra pride attached to it, and he's the heart and soul of the defense. Uh, but I do think if he wanted to make that jump, guys, I mean, I do think that he'd have a very legitimate shot to uh, be drafted fairly high. Uh, I, I think that he's 6'5", 245, sideline to sideline speed, very, you know, great tackling instincts. Those, those guys don't grow on trees. Uh, <laughs> and I do think that he definitely measure well at the combine and all of that. But I, he strikes me as a guy that, at this point in time, based on the intel I've received, I would be I would be surprised if he decided to leave Iowa early. And that, that's obviously a huge win for Iowa's defense next year. Absolutely. Last thing on football for me, Trent. Do you have anything more on, uh, before we slide over to, to basketball from last night? Uh, there have been Januaries where the coaching staff has spoken to the media uh, after, after the bowl game, uh, not necessarily right after it, but do you anticipate that you guys will have an opportunity uh, to talk to Coach Ferentz at all in the, uh, in the weeks ahead? I would venture we'll probably get a press conference in the next two weeks or so, and then we'll have the Good. the late signing period yeah. as well to kind of recap everything. Uh, I think based on the way the season ended, guys, I mean, I think there there's some very difficult off-season questions that need to be asked mm-hmm. and answered. But at the end of the day, too, I think it's also fair to give Kirk and company the time to be able to sit back and, and really reflect on the season no where they have to go from there. Because I do think that there's some big decisions uh, that, that need to be made. Ten-win season's great, but based on the way the season ended and based on how they got to 10 wins and the upside of that team, uh, it, it can be. I think it's a difficult pill for a lot of Iowa fans to swallow. Have you, uh, one back to one more football thing, you mentioned looking at the transfer portal. Of course, you deal with so much recruiting at 24-7. There was a report from Sean Callahan over at Nebraska that Iowa reached out or there was some communication with Martinez. Of course, he ultimately ended up at Kansas State. But anything at all that you're hearing, any murmurs, any even FCS or, or group of five quarterbacks that I was been in contact with at this point? I would say at this point, not really. And, you know, I can't verify the Adrian Martinez thing. That would 
certainly surprised me just based on the scheme, but I think that he would have been a certainly, I think all of Iowa fans would have been really <laughs> happy hmm. to get Adrian Martinez in that quarterback room. Uh, I think it's a little bit early right now. I'm going to say within the next week, if Iowa is going to go after some transfer quarterbacks, uh, I think that next week would be the time to, that I'll be able to answer that question better because I do think that they are going to at minimum look, but how much contact they make, you know, I don't know. I think they're really focused on maybe getting another defensive back, uh, an offensive lineman. I think they're looking at a couple other positions. And if a quarterback comes about that makes sense for them, I do think that they'll look into it. But keep in mind, nobody's going to transfer to come in and be a backup. Right. And I think that that's going to be a very, very difficult sell for Iowa. Mm-hmm. Petrus did say he'd see you next year. So yeah. they did his press conference. That was good that he was first one out. He didn't duck it at uh, at all. Wanted to face it head on. Tells you a lot about the young man. Basketball from last night. Boy, the Hawks needed it. Looked like uh, looked like they were going to cruise. Uh, it was entertaining. Uh, it really, truly was. My takeaway: Look, you can, we know that we anticipate Keegan Murray's going to be Keegan Murray every single night, and he needs to be. Robracha, I thought, stepped up in a big way uh, last night, and, and maybe. Uh, as big a reason as they got over the hump. Um, again, if you take if, if Keegan Murray's a given, you need uh, secondary scoring. Robracha was that guy last night. Yeah, no doubt. I think I asked Fran what he thought of Robracha late in the game, and he said, "Yeah, you know, this is the type of player we expected when we got Robracha." But last night, he said it was very obvious how much more aggressive he was and how much more confident he was. I mean. 13 points, which was his Iowa high, eight rebounds, no turnovers in 29 minutes. Uh, he, he impressed me last night, six of eight shooting. He had one kind of ill-advised three-pointer, but this is a guy that was very aggressive, back to basket, made really good decisions with the basketball, and just showed toughness that, not that Iowa's lacked, but Iowa has needed to win, the, you know, to get them over the hump um, in these Big Ten games. And another guy, I, think, I thought Joe Toussaint played phenomenal mm-hmm. last night. Uh, he had three turnovers, but his defensive intensity led to three steals. I think it led to a couple more that didn't show up on the stat sheet. Nine assists, four rebounds, nine points. Uh, I thought Toussaint played played outstanding as well. And well, like you said, Keegan Murray is is Keegan Murray, and I you know I think his box office as college basketball gets. That's what we're getting on January sixth when Johnny Davis and Keegan Murray play. Oh. That needs to be marked on everybody's calendar. Uh, based on what we saw last night, That's but sure. I'm with you. If Abrasha can even bring that every night. I think Iowa's upside as a team and maybe as an NCAA tournament team, uh, I think the chances go up exponentially if they can get that out of center every night. You mentioned Tucson. I'm with you. I thought he played really well. Surprised about some of the rotations late in the game. Ulis was able to get to the rim, though, and that really helped kind of break that zone that was becoming a problem for the Iowa uh, offense at times. Perkins does his thing. He gets going a little too fast sometimes, but, boy, he's a really, really fun player to watch. The one thing that's baffling to me, though, is this team defensively is worse than they were a year ago, at least according to the Ken Pomeroy numbers. Yeah, It doesn't feel that way. It does feel like they are a tick better on the defensive end of the floor. It just, I guess, isn't showing up statistically. Anything, any reason that you can put behind that? You know, that that is a good question because I did look at the, the adjusted defense. I think they're in the 140s right now, and mm-hmm. that was at least a little high to me. I do think Iowa has been better. I think Iowa has done a great job of getting the ball in transition. I think they've done a good job at forcing turnovers, and Iowa obviously not turning it over a lot on the other end. I think that that's covered up a lot of stuff. I think Iowa's man-to-man defense is good, but, guys, I, I think the zone defense, whenever Iowa goes into that, I think people are very uh, cringing the entire time that yes. Iowa goes in zone. I think, that, I think that the rotations are a little bit late still. I think there are some defensive you know, communication breakdowns. 
Uh, you know, and Iowa has lucked out from time to time because guys are just clanking open uh, corner three-pointers. But And I do think that Iowa's post-defense isn't there. Uh, and I'd be very curious looking at super analytics about the adjusted defense because if rebounding is any part of that, I do think that's going to play a factor sure. because how many times has this team's gotten second and third opportunities against Iowa? I mean, keep in mind, as great as Iowa State played against Iowa, and they did, they played outstanding. Iowa State didn't shoot particularly well, but Iowa State absolutely crushed mm-hmm. them uh, on the glass. I mean, second and third opportunities that they got at the rim. So uh, I think that, that can play a factor as well. But I think Iowa's man defense is better. I think they're forcing turnovers, getting out of transition. But Iowa's zone defense and defensive rebounding, is uh, that, that, that could cost them, especially when if they're on the bubble for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Wahab last night certainly had his moments down low. He was doing some business. David Eichel, great stuff, David. Thank you for doing this for us. We appreciate it. Uh, 24-7 sports. He covers the Hawkeyes. Uh, we're grateful to have you on the program. David, Happy New Year. Yeah, back at you guys. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, good to talk to you. Uh, David Eicholt, Hawkeye Insider, 24-7 Sports. Who checks Johnny Davis Thursday night? Oh, uh, so I hope somebody. <laughs> it's going to be a team effort. Holy mackerel, Trent. He was... Toussaint probably yeah, right away. I guess. And he put Bohannon on Davidson. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Have those two mm-hmm. 30-year-olds go at it. Mm-hmm. Old Bay and Y game. <laughs> And then you throw everybody, right? Yeah. Wisconsin surprised the heck out of me last night. Yes. Especially where they did it, too. Right. You know, going on the road like that, that mm-hmm. was big. It's 1050 Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. All right, a couple of minutes before the hour of 11. Welcome back. Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Got like one and a half minutes. Your takeaway from uh, week 17 of the, still one to go, uh, of the NFL. Joe Burrow. Isn't that something? Jamar Chase. Isn't that something? They were out of the game right away. Yes. Yeah. Kansas City goes right down, mm-hmm. does whatever they want. So I was uh, listening to a little bit uh, to the Bengals broadcast. That's what SiriusXM had as I had to go to the grocery store. And it was at the time, twenty-eight fourteen, towards the end of the first half, and they uh, said, "You know, we just get a touchdown here, we get the ball to start mm-hmm. the half, and just the confidence that they yeah, had got a field goal out of it yep. in their offense yeah. that they were going to be they were fi- down twenty-eight fourteen to the to Chiefs. the Chiefs, right? <laughs> and the confidence. I understand hometown broadcasters and that kind of thing, yeah. but it, it just really struck me." Just how confident they were in their offense. And sure enough, as I settled back into the lazy boy for the second half of the game, there they were. Uh, not only that, my favorite team, the Chicago Bears, I am so thankful I did not watch one snap of that stupid football game. Really? Not one Of snap. your squad? Nope. Too many other things that were more important. Yeah. Didn't even watch Well, it. they were playing the Giants, right. too. And that was, jeez, they're atrocious. It was 7 nothing right away. Had a safety early on. Said, don't even need to get over there. Yeah. Too many other good games to watch. There, there certainly were. Well, Nagy's going to be out of work, and Zimmer's going to be out of work, yeah. and Fangio's going to be out of work, and who What do you think of Zimmer's comment when uh, they were oh, asked about Kellen have... Mond? Yeah. I mean, if you're Kellen Mond, you... Mm-hmm. Um, you're happy you're getting a new coach next you year. You are, because you have no chance if Zimmer would have come back. Mm-hmm. Well, what we, we, I watch him every day in practice. I, I don't need to play him. I know he can't play, essentially. Yeah, that was... That uh, was cold. It was a wild moment. Yes. That's a guy also knowing that... He's going to be fired. He is. But he's going to be, if he wants, I mean, he'll get it. Both him and Fangio, mm-hmm. 
if they want. They're both such good defensive minds. They'll both be back in the league, you know, right, very quickly, I would assume. And your Broncos just can't get a win for me to get over that oh, seven and a half. Trend. I'm, I know you need it, but I'm so grateful that they can't because right now they're 11 and <sighs> Matt Corral. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> Always searching for a quarterback. Well, that's been the case. I, You know, I can't complain. Three Super Bowls since I've been on the and air. yet you do. I know. It's good. I'm a fan, right? Uh, Bama Bob, Trent, and I are going to go discuss some college football, what we saw in the Bulls. Not all of them, but a couple of thoughts that we have, and then Iowa State conversation uh, at 1135. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3.